We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. We're recording this right after watching WWE Hell in a Cell. So, hot off the press, the old man is fired up about this show. I'm going to say there's some stuff he doesn't like, because that's the way he rolls. But we're going to break down the entire Hell in a Cell show, and then at the end, talk a little bit about what we think should happen at Survivor Series. Of course, we're not going to get it because it's Vince. But let's start by going through the entire Hell in a Cell show. Old man, we're running it from top to bottom. And they open up with the chief, Roman Reigns, versus Jimmy Uso, a match that we thought would probably close the show. Kicking it right off the bat. It went 45 minutes, including entrances, all in with these two what did you think of the opening match and how do you think this is going to go like how do you like the build that they've been having so far i mean the build's been excellent um for starters i say this like every few weeks i hate theme pay-per-views 
And this was like the epitome of it because this match didn't need to have a sell. They didn't even fucking use it. It was just a, a ma- an I quit match with an ugly red cage around it. However, that being said, it's too delivered. Again, this is the best storyline that WWE has, hands down. And the execution has been excellent. Uh, we need to give Roman Reigns an, an Emmy for his performance tonight. And we should also give uh, Jimmy and Jay uh, Best Supporting Actor Emmys as well. This was <laughs> this was great storytelling. The they match had real was, tears, real tears. Yeah, I mean the cousins beating the shit out of each other. It was like this was a a very good match. I'm just surprised that this opened up the show because now it set the stage for like you can't follow this. You really couldn't. Like emotionally, even Heyman's face is on the outside. The finish. With Jimmy coming to help and then him getting, you know, getting guillotined and Roman, like, I don't know if he was truly fighting emotions or if this was the bait. Like, I don't know how this was, but I feel like we're getting one step closer to the new Samoan SWAT team because they've had this whole indentured servants angle that Heyman was talking about. I like that. Yeah. And it feels like they're just going to fall in line. But, you know, it's also going to lead to something else. But the match is ultimately a really good match. I just didn't need the Hell in the Cell stipulation. It could have just been an I quit match, and it would have been perfectly fine. But this was really good. I agree. I agree. I mean, I I think the match, it had potential to be a letdown, right? Because I think the last match was so good that this one could have been like, I don't know. And when it kicked off it seemed like a lot of stipulations for one match yeah. so you got you have the cell you have an i quit match those are two different matches honestly they packed three more months of a feud into one night you yeah. start going through the match it ends up being a strap match yeah, where you got the leather strap coming and it, i mean it played a good part it was a great part of storytelling but that's a whole nother match you could have took this till january with all of those different stipulations in one match. Yeah. I agree. But I, I feel like they put it together well. It was a long-ass match. It didn't feel that way. Great storytelling, like you said. And then Jay having to save Jimmy. And that's the only reason he says, I quit. I think it was a great ending. Because oh. no no one's weak after that. Yeah, absolutely. I do have one other complaint. The annoying fucking referee. That that was the pitch. Hey, he's your cousin, man. Do you quit? Do you quit? Come on. Do you quit? Do you quit? Hey, do you quit? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. It doesn't have to be like this. Hey, do you quit? Hey, do you quit? Do you? Come on, man. Do you quit? Come on, referee. Shut the fuck up. Like when Roman got his hands on the referee, I popped because I was like, that was a baby face move because that ref was annoying as hell. Oh, he's the worst. And, yeah, shout out to Roman wrecking that ref. I feel like it's going to be very hard to keep Roman Reigns heel when you get a crowd. Because he's still going to be doing heel shit. He's not going to get booed. But this is the version of Roman everyone has wanted. And he's just been delivering constantly. And people were joking on Twitter, like, oh, my God, he went to acting classes while he was out. Everything is coming together. The promos, the in-ring storytelling, the moveset doesn't bother me anymore. What, three moves of death. It works. So 
when you do that and the characters are coming more and more over, I think when they finally do get in front of fans, the pop for him is just going to be crazy. It depends, right? There is a way that this can be played, that Roman can be booed. And it really is a matter of him beating up somebody that people really love. And that person, that individual, who, who's like, there's two people that are like universally loved that you just can't demolish. And people would be like, that's okay. Do you know who they are? Right now, if I had to guess, would be Big E and Daniel Bryan. That's, that's the two. Okay. That is, those are the two people. If Roman Reigns goes into a feud with Daniel Bryan after this and obliterates Daniel Bryan, like tries to put him on the shelf and end his career, that would get him heat. Because there's, I don't think there's anybody that's loved like Daniel Bryan. And Biggie's the same. Like, who the, who the hell can hate Biggie in the New Day? But I don't know if they're going to go that direction. Um, but that's a way that you can keep the heat on them. Now, the other thing is, this whole pay-per-view was like watching... It's like watching a series, right? And having like things happen in episode four that you could have saved for the finale. And then that's how this whole pay-per-view was booked because it was really strange. And like this Hell in the Cell stipulation, like you're wondering like, okay, where do we go from here? Now, obviously, uh, I'd like to see the Usos join Roman either by hook or crook because that just seems like it makes a ton of sense. But with Survivor Series around the corner... I don't know how you play this because now we just have four weeks of people who just left brands jumping back in and going back and forth. So I don't know where this goes. But I do feel like if they played the long game with this and they continue this whole Samoan angle, this is how you get to Roman versus the Rock at WrestleMania. Because once you involve like Rikishi, because it feels like he has to be involved. Those are his fucking kids. He has to get involved somehow. You, there's a way to drag this out with the family angle, with the Samoans, and like you ultimately have to get revenge. I mean, I don't know if you bring in Tamina. Like, it just feels like we have to culminate this with The Rock and Roman Reigns. I don't know how much you got to pay The Rock to do this shit, but it's the ultimate match for WrestleMania. It's a huge match. I just don't know if the WWE can stay focused that long to not pull the trigger. Because as we see later in the show, we get a WrestleMania caliber match in fucking October. Which didn't make any sense. So I don't, I don't know if I trust them to do it. But it's, it's literally right there. It's right there. I think the right thing to do, because Daniel Bryan's talking about this being his last run. And if you really want to put Roman Reigns over as a heel, that's the feud to book. That is absolutely the feud to book. You know what? Cheers to you, sir. They're still now. They're both on the same brand, SmackDown. Um, I guess they've been on the same brand, SmackDown. You have Daniel Bryan coming out. He's kind of in this thing with Kevin Owens that could give him some momentum going into a Royal Rumble and Elimination Chamber. And if he comes out on top as babyface and Roman Reigns is still standing there, it's an amazing feud. If you want to pull the trigger right now. And that's where you go, what, Roman Reigns to Daniel Bryan to The Rock? Yeah. Whew, that is a run for Roman. Yeah. That's number one PWI run for Roman. That's And it's the contingency plan because let's just say if you don't get The Rock, right, you still have Big E. So if you, go, if you ran Daniel Bryan now and have Roman decimate Daniel Bryan, and you don't know what you're doing with The Rock, but it's clear that um, Big E is the guy that they feel like they're going to push and a lot of people have been wanting to see Big E versus Roman because it's something we've never seen 
Yep. And if that's what you want to do for WrestleMania, and that that makes Roman an even bigger heel and makes Biggie an even bigger babyface, it's right there. Yep. It is right there. You so, have Daniel Bryan being demolished and Big E just like cradling him. Yeah. Like just just angry face looking at Roman. I mean, however you get there, because, I mean, you'd like to see Big E win the Rumble. Oh, yeah. So if you ran Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns, a program that actually happens into December, or the match actually happens at Royal Rumble. That's and Big hell e, of a match. And E wins the Rumble. Now you're on the road to WrestleMania to get to Big E versus Roman if... Obviously, you don't have the rock in place. The one thing I don't want to see is them make the rock a surprise entrance in the Rumble and use that as a catalyst to him getting to Roman Reigns with the belt. Well, so here's the other caveat, right? I, I thought about this because all of us want to see Big E with the title, right? So the rock and Roman feud doesn't really need the title. That type of a feud, that could be something that. The Rock costs Roman Reigns the title. And that's how they get to their match at WrestleMania. Because the last thing any of us want is The Rock with the title again. It makes absolutely no sense. And if you book that match for the title, in your head you're going, there's just no way in hell The Rock's going to win. So the better way to book that match where the conclusion isn't predetermined is with no title on the line. Just a straight up feud for the Samoan heritage. Right? Like who's the real chief? Chief Peter Maivia, like they, like like the whole Maivia clan, you get all of them together and you have this match. I don't know, however you want to do it, but then Big e, whoever's the champ, you book with Big E for Mania because you can still have Big E win the Royal Rumble and get his hands on the title at WrestleMania. All great feuds don't need to have a title attached to it. <sighs> yeah, but he can't lose. Who can't lose? Roman. He, I mean, the Rock. I think the Rock would put him over. Then. I think The Rock no, would no. absolutely I put mean, him over. Of course, he'll lose to The Rock. But I'd say he can't lose the belt. I mean, I... No one's beating him beforehand. But that's what I'm saying. The Rock could cost him. Because that's the only cl- clear way that it makes sense. Unless the real Royal Rumble winner is challenging on Raw, which Raw is a fucking mess. But that, <laughs> it's just a complete mess. But if you do... If you, you have The Rock cost Roman... I'm just saying this to make sense out of it because I don't want to see The Rock involved in a title match at WrestleMania. I think the title can elevate two people who don't have their hands on the title. And if you get it off of Roman because of The Rock, I can live with that. I know that you want to attach the title to Roman and it looks good and et cetera, et cetera. But what would make Roman matter than his own you know, extended family costing him the title? That would piss him off. Not mad at that. Not mad at that at all. It's just you have to then find another good mania feud. I mean, if you put Big E in a feud, I'm sure you but, can figure it out. Yeah, he can't win the Rumble. And then, I mean, Roman's going to lose the belt to another heel. Like, it, it becomes complicated. Well, so he, doesn't he would have to, have to beat could, Roman for the belt. He could lose to a babyface, right? He could lose to a babyface, and the babyface could lose to whoever there is. Or, I mean, I don't know how we get there. The problem with SmackDown, and it's not like a big problem, is it's not really another person that you feel like... Like, you feel like Kevin Owens has to turn on Daniel Bryan, too. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's no, like he's definitely going to do it. That's going to be a great, great program. So if you don't go into Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns, you somehow get to Kevin Owens versus Daniel Bryan. And I have a feeling, though... 
on the other side of this, if this, if my plan is just not going to happen, right? I feel like when Daniel Bryan says he's about to have his one last run and this thing with Kevin Owens is part of his one last run. I think he really wants to wrestle Kevin Owens. Yeah. I'd say what? Seth is in there. Seth, Seth is in there, but I feel like he can live without wrestling Seth because Seth is kind of made already. Kevin's not. Yeah. You know, putting Kevin in that position, I think it's something he wants to do before he goes. You know, especially getting Kevin back to being a heel um, would be great. I think that's the lane Kevin has to be in. Uh, Is Zayn still IC champ? So him and Zayn, they've just had their run, kind of, but still some teeth in that. Plenty of people from the wrestle. Yeah. I I feel like he drafted, like they drafted all of them to SmackDown because they were like, yo, if DB wants to go out, like, let's just draft all the people he wants to wrestle to SmackDown. It's very po- he, it's he, very might, he might wrestle Apollo Crews. Well, I don't know about all that, but... <laughs> if we see Apollo Crews yeah. on TV again. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, I, I feel like a lot of good options for Roman Reigns going forward. The Rock is the obvious decision, but they have good plan, you know, B and C, like you just listed out. SmackDown has options so I think this worked well. The Usos being alongside him is something I think they have to pull the trigger on. They have Begrudgingly to. or not. But yeah. I think that works very well. And them feuding with um, Street Profits and eventually getting those titles is the way to go as well. And, you know, I hate to talk about my own interviews. But if you go back to my interview with Jay before Clash of Champions, <laughs> there's two things that I asked him. I said, if there's a tag team that you wanted to feud with, who would it be? And he said, the Street Profits. And this is before the draft. Wow. He made it very clear that he wants to work with the Street Profits. And I asked him about, you know, the universal title versus the tag team titles. He was like, it's always going to be tag team titles because that's what me and my brother do. As much as that universal title looks good, we want to be the best tag team in the world. So there's a couple things here. And then on top of that, when I asked him about the Samoan SWAT team 2.0, he was all in. He was like, me and, me and my cousin fight all the time. And then we can have, we could damn near kill each other the day before and have breakfast the next day in our cool. This is before Clash of the Champions. All these are little things that I feel like could be leading towards exactly what we're talking about, where they just get over it, form a team, and they, they hold all the belts. Street Profits versus the Usos, Roman being the champion against whoever the fuck it is. But I feel like that's where it's trending to. I don't think Jay, when I interviewed Jay, what I've noticed off the bat with him is there is no filter. He says what's on his mind. And they just, if you pull the cord, he just says what he feels. Because when he said that, I was like, well, tag team and universal title. Any person that the WWE PR team, they would be like, well, you absolutely have to say the universal championship because that's like our top title. Immediately, Jay didn't even think. He was like, tag titles all day. I was like, but you're wrestling for the universal title. He was like, yeah, but that's not what we, my, me and my brother did this for. Okay. So, I guess Street Profits versus the Uso seems like the, the move, right? Writing's on the wall. I mean, you do that, again, that's another great Royal Rumble match. If you build it correctly. And the Rumble really starts filling itself out. So, I, I feel like they got to pull the trigger on that. It's all working somewhere with SmackDown. Raw is a lot different. So we have the second match, Elias versus Jeff Hardy. This was useless. I w- 
listen, I'm, I'm finding a silver lining in some shitty stuff that's going on in Raw. Because I know you are Mr. Pessimism. So, the silver lining here would be is, Elias is a heel again. Which, I think his gimmick works best as a heel. You know, singing songs, cutting promos on the crowd. That's how Elias can get over. He was babyface before this injury for like a year and a half, two years. It didn't work. To me, this is the best version of Elias. But we go into this match, and it ends with Jeff Hardy hitting him with a guitar and not caring about being disqualified. I understand if you're a babyface, you can have an edge. You can be like, fuck it, I've taken too much. But the feud just started. It's kind of like Jeff Hardy had a heel edge, and now Elias is just wavering as a really shitty heel. I disagree. Jeff Hardy's a babyface. This is all because Elias is blaming Jeff Hardy for that accident. <laughs> yeah. That's all this the D, is. The DUI play continues. Yeah. This is nothing. Jeff Hardy's not turning heel. Good. It's, it's not happening. Elias is going to be heel. This this match was the bathroom break. It was a letdown after. It was a cool down after Roman Reigns versus uh, Jey Uso. Um, I just you think this feud continues. Yes. Unfortunately. I, I think agree. it continues and it ends on Raw. It doesn't go to another pay-per-view. All right. Makes sense. Oh, it could end on a pre-show. Pre-show needs content. Today it was 24-7 title on the pre-show yeah. in which Gulak lost. <laughs> but the funny part about it is <laughs> he said John Cena sucks. After that, when when Gulak runs over to the table when everybody's chasing our truth and it was so stupid, but Gulak stops to Rosenberg. Gets on the like, our truth your idol John Cena, he sucks. And I screamed. I was like, this shit was so funny. Gulak has something, and they, they're saddling with this shitty 24-7 thing, but Gulak has always had something. And he showed yeah. that when he was working with Brian and AJ Styles. Like He, he has develops something. good gimmicks. Like, yeah, the when PowerPoint shit? Yeah, when he was on 205 Live, he had great gimmicks. He hated flippy shit. Like, he always does really good stuff. He did Gulak for president or whatever. That shit was funny. Um, he's he's a smart guy. So if they just give him time, if if this just keeps him around and employed and somewhat on television, I'm not mad at it until they figure out what to do with him. And then uh, after this, your favorite match of the night. Oh my god, Miz versus Otis for the Money in the Bank briefcase. We, I've I probably for like three months held out hope that they'd let Otis cash in on tag champions. Once that didn't happen, it was like it's a wrap. Because Otis has no chance of defeating any of the champions on a cash-in. So instead, they worked through this whole thing. It was gimmicky. It was stupid. It was corny. But you get to where you have to get the Miz versus Otis. The Miz has to go it alone. And... Tucker turns on Otis, hits him with the briefcase. Miz gets the pin. He is the new Money in the Bank holder. And it's weird because Otis couldn't do shit with it. The Miz can, but does he need to? Remember that time I told you that Otis was the 2020 Eugene? Yeah, you called that one. Uh, yeah, I called <laughs> it. I'm not mad at that. I mean, and you're it, right. Have you ever had like a sneaker with a knot in it? 
and you try to get that shit out and then you just kind of put it up because you can't get this, the knot out of the sneaker, then you kind of return to it because you're like, I want to wear this sneaker. But I can't get this fucking knot out. So you're continuing to work the knot. And then several months pass and then you kind of figure out how to get the knot out. The, the thing to get the knot out was the Miz. And the knot was Otis being tied to that Money in the Bank, bank briefcase. They try to be cute by putting this briefcase on Otis. Then they realize this is not a good idea. Because Vince put a briefcase on a fart joke. And that's what Otis is. He is yeah. literally a walking fart joke. And they put the briefcase on him. And then they realize, this will never work. How do we undo this knot? And they worked. And tried to figure out. Because you couldn't put, have a baby face take it off of him. Had to be a heel. Yeah. But the Miz? You only have so many heels. Look, man. Listen, I, I don't know. Morrison being kicked out, not being there for the match, gives me hope that maybe Morrison, like, they did this whole court contract shit, right? Maybe Morrison slipped something in the contract that entitles him to ownership as well, and these two then have to wrestle for ownership of the briefcase. You know that. Because I'd rather Morrison have it. It's fresh. They haven't done anything with him since they re-signed him. People think he has so much more in terms of capability. Right now, he's just Dolph Ziggler 2.0. So... If that's the case, let's see what he has. And with him with a briefcase opens a lot more possibilities. You know what you're watching, right? That's not going to happen. That's Miz is going to cash in on someone. <laughs> yeah, Miz, Miz is going to cash in and maybe fail. Like maybe he cashes in on Orton because that's the person you cast in on the first time when you won the title, which is what I thought was going to happen at the end of this show. But they didn't. This was bad on so many levels. One, Otis is not a really good worker. I don't know if anybody's noticed that. He's not. His finisher sucks. Um, it's the he, worm, right? Yeah, with that elbow yeah, shit. But now you add yeah, like the splash to it. It's, it just sucks. Um, everything about this was bad. And when the Miz is the one that's kind of dictating the pace of the match, not saying the Miz is a bad worker, but this just isn't a good match. And as it progresses, they finally. Here's what baffles me you separate Tucker and Otis, right? Yep. And then you bring them back together on Raw with Otis being dressed up as a luchador, which is funny. And then you just have Tucker turn on Otis with no real rhyme or reason. And Tucker's promo afterwards where he explained his actions was very Rikishi, I did it for the people. It just, it felt like it was, it felt like he wasn't, he didn't mean anything he said. He was, I thought he did all right in that promo. Man. It was whack because it was like, it was so forced. Because, let's be honest, give it, okay, I'm trying to think. They're about to, eh, this is a bad comparison, because he actually had a future, and then it just didn't work out. They're about to Alex Riley, Tucker. Remember, remember oh, Alex yeah. Riley? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I give him six months. I don't even give him that. I'm being generous with this. WrestleMania is usually where they cut people, right after Mania. Nah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're talking about him being employed, but he will be jobbing. In two months. Oh, easily. Main event job it. Because he, because not even main event. Like Tucker is going to face Otis at Survivor Series since they're on different brands. Otis and Tucker will feud on each other's shows for the next four weeks. So buckle up for that. And this will cum culminate at Survivor Series. Otis will probably go over and Tucker will do nothing. Book it. Oh, I agree. 
But that's such a waste of television. Because then Otis is going to end up doing nothing. Well, I mean, that's where the, it's the knot, right? This is the knot. It was a funny fart joke while it lasted, but eventually a fart stinks. It's no longer funny. And that's exactly what Otis is. He's a fart joke that now it just it just stinks. And it's like, this isn't funny, dude. <laughs> and it, you got to move on because there's really nothing for Otis to do. And the worst part is you separated him from Tucker for what? You don't even have any tag teams. They would have been perfectly fine as tag team champions at some point. This was... Big Cass and Enzo breaking up. Yeah, and they were where, both where look, and they were both like, doomed after that. Which is weird because they chose to push the Genetti of the two. Yeah, but because well, that's because Vince likes that type, tall Baron yeah. Corbin looking motherfuckers. But <laughs> Enzo and Cass, the moment they were separated, the countdown was on for both of them. It was over. The same thing is happening here because there is no singles career for either of these guys. Sadly, Iconics as well. Yeah. Well, you saw what they did with Peyton Royce. They they changed brands, and then she's immediately in a tag team with Lacey Evans. What are you doing? No sense whatsoever. But you're, you're completely right. It's a wrap. Otis can stick around, and he'll be in the 24-7 title picture for the next three years. Yeah, he's. Yeah, I don't know if he'll last that long. He's Eugene. Him and R-Truth are just going to do comedy skits over that belt. Possibly. He'll get eaten by a whale. Like, next year this time. This is just what he's going to do. He's built for comedy, and he's just going to stick around because Vince likes that. But he's going to be irrelevant in four months. Right after the Rumble. He's going to do some goofy shit in the Rumble, get eliminated, and that'll be the end of Otis. And then Tucker might not even make it that far. He won't. He won't, might not even cut the field. For the Rumble. So, yeah, waste of time between those two. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we have a whole second half of the show to dive into. So you guys stay right there. If any, By the way, if anyone's getting on your nerves, just tell them that they look like a big, tall-ass Baron Corbin-looking motherfucker. That's the <laughs> best That's the best diss I've ever heard. And I'm using that forever now. Dre, thank you for the gold. You guys stay right there. We'll be right back. All right, we'll get back to the show in one second. But first, even though sports had a break, your business did it. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools for you to make your search that much easier. Those tools include sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. All right, everybody, we're back. Just that quick second half of the show. So we ended with Miz and Otis. Dre wasn't a fan. We get to kick off this half of the recap in a lot better space. Sasha versus Bailey, Helen Cell. You, sir, are the only person that had any any shred of criticism for this match. And that's because the match itself was great. From start to finish, told a good story, great spots during the match. Sasha sells to the point where I think she dies four times in every match. And that's incredible. Her and Bailey's chemistry. It was a WrestleMania NXT TakeOver caliber match. They went all out. To, did I think Sasha had to win? No. But Bailey had the belt for so long that it's like, okay, now let's tell another story from here on out. Let's see what we get. We could end up getting Sasha versus Bianca Belair at WrestleMania, and I wouldn't be mad at that either. Her and Bayley can do this once a year for the next five years if they want it. It's Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. It's Peter Griffin versus the Chicken. They're great whenever we put them together. Let's see what Sasha has. If she can hold the belt for longer than, what, the average two weeks she's held it in the past. Yeah, this match was great. It was really great. (laughs) You sound there's no enthusiasm no, behind that. Because the because this is not their fault, right? This is not there's somebody else who's not at fault for what happens at this pay per view either. Sasha and Bailey had just turned in a excellent match on October twenty fifth, two thousand twenty. Where this match, if this was at WrestleMania, would have meant so much more. And that's what bothers me the most about this match. The timing was wrong. At the top of this show, I said, it felt like I was watching a season finale in episode four of a season. This is a hell in the cell. That's a blow off. The other, like the idea of a hell in the cell is a blow off. It doesn't start a fuse, it ends them. The yeah. match type shouldn't stipulate the feud. The feud should stipulate the match type. Like if I'm beefing with you and then we escalate to hell in the cell. That's good storytelling. But if we're shoehorning a Hell in a Cell match because it's a theme pay-per-view, we're doing a disservice to the feud. This feud has not been good. It's been okay because we know what these two are capable of. And given the proper time, if Sasha could have been away a little bit longer, like even if it was a WrestleMania, even if it was the Royal Rumble, I'd have been fine. I would have really preferred it because this could have closed WrestleMania. That's, that's how good these two work together. Yeah. I would have bought into the feud. They could have closed WrestleMania. Let's be honest. Like, this match was better than Charlotte, Ronda, and Becky. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But it's at a theme pay-per-view in the middle of the show. Didn't even Dre, fucking clo- what, close this show. What if I told you that Sasha's best main roster match before this happened on Raw? This is a step up. Being at a random pay-per-view, her best match was the title match, her versus Charlotte, false count anywhere, on Raw. And she ends up choking the shit out of Charlotte on, like, uh, in the crowd. Yeah, I, I was there. That, I was at yeah. that one. Oh, well, there you go. That's her best match on the main roster ever. It was for a Raw. She lost the title the next week that, at the pay-per-view. See, that doesn't make it okay. That makes it even dumber. I'm just saying it's getting better for her. 
It's like, before we can say this should have been at Mania, how about let's just let her have her moments at pay-per-views? I, I think she was something horrific. Like, 0 for 7 at pay-per-views for title matches, if you include the WrestleMania ones as well, where she lost to Charlotte when the belt was changed and all this. She was like 0 for 7 at pay-per-views in title matches. I think this is her first win. It's ridiculous. It's, it's, I mean, it's, dude. Outside of tag titles. It's, it's, just, it's just really bad. Like, it's really bad storytelling. This match is a season finale. It's like watching the main character die on some random episode in the middle of the show. And you're like, well, I would have. You could have said I would have been okay. I would have been okay if they were drafted to separate brands. Because this would have been the culmination. Because last week, quote unquote, was the season finale. And then you had um, whatever the fuck they build this past week as. It's like they were starting a new season. And it was like, okay, if they were split, this happened. You found the other way, you know, to get the, the other belt over. Would it made sense? Instead, no, I don't feel it. Or the winner goes to Raw. You know, loser goes to Raw. How about that? I Sasha, this whole two weeks, has said, I mean more than your belt, right? They could have easily said, the loser goes to Raw. Anything. There were no real and stakes. It, Right, just like, the belt, and Sasha didn't give a fuck about the belt. So at this point, I didn't give a fuck about the belt. It's odd because Bailey's held this. Bailey has held this title for so long, and to lose again, to lose it in the middle of a show feels whack. On top of that, damn, Sasha healed fast from a broken neck. She's Wolverine, sir. Don't doubt the boss. I'm just saying, like I'm just saying, this could have been played out at such a longer pace, and Bailey, like I said before. I'd have preferred Bailey to enter another feud before going back to Sasha. Yep. You know, it's like to let this fester, let this bubble a little bit, because we know if they don't know anything else, because they've done this before, they should know that those two, there's no doubt they're going to deliver. So give them the big stage because they deserve it. They don't deserve to give us their everything in the middle of a Hell in the Cell pay-per-view on October 25th, 2020. Not a Survivor Series. Not a SummerSlam, not a fucking WrestleMania, and not a Royal Rumble. Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. They didn't even close the show. That's not fair. They're too good for this. Because now the question is, how do you top this with either of them? Oh, I have, I have no doubt that Bailey could go into a different feud and be fine. Again, but again, time. I'm talking about in terms of storytelling and juice in the feud, who can they go to and you're like, man, I'm really into this feud. Again, I mentioned Sasha versus Bianca Belair would be one hell of a feat. But it's going to take us a while to get there, right? I mean, they would need that time to make it remotely worthwhile like this feud was, right? So once you go, we'll talk about this in the last segment, but they have a four-week reset built in where there's no feuds that are going to be built for what you consider a dumb four weeks of booking. But whatever. We'll talk about it at the end of the show. Once you come out of that, it's pretty much a sprint to Royal Rumble. So you can really build a feud over the next, what, two and a half, three months to get you to Mania that's worthwhile. I, don't, I just don't trust it. Like, yeah, it's obvious. Bianca Belair should be the one. But Bianca Belair is a babyface. And now Sasha is a babyface. And we all yeah. know how I feel about Sasha being a babyface. She's not Very a good, good. babyface. It only worked because she was feuding with Bailey. But then you run down the rest of the SmackDown roster. What other female uh, heels are there? 
None. Exactly. Which is why Sasha has to be like a heel in anyone else's feud. And she was just baby face towards Bailey because she had enough. But that's not going to happen. She's now a baby face. They turned her too quick. They turned her meaning like at, at the wrong. This right match, wrong time. That's just the way it is. Bailey could have feuded with Naomi. Bailey could have feuded with. I don't even like who the fuck else is on SmackDown. What are the women? It's a short on? list, sir. Short list. It, but so now, where do you go from here? So I'm I'm confused at the booking of this, at the timing of this, the match itself, which we should talk about, like. They delivered. Oh, yeah. Sasha kills herself every match. Like you mentioned, she bumps like a maniac. She folds her body into positions that don't work. Bailey, as much shit as I give Bailey about her work, for whatever reason, Sasha is her dance partner. Sasha could dance with anybody. She's the dance partner who shows up to the salsa and she, you throw her from one partner to the next and she's, she's good. Bailey's the dance partner who needs Sasha to make it work. Like when she doesn't have Sasha, she's just kind of lost. I know they put her at PWI at the top and all that shit, but I don't remember a really good Bailey match that didn't involve Sasha. No, their best matches during the past run were the tag matches. So it's like what and they fed say? off of each other, or Sasha interfered to help her win. What Bailey Oscar? But Bailey Oscar was good. Bailey wins, and then Sasha Oscar was so much better that you didn't care about the first one. Where it was two titles one night. And that's crazy. Like, the fact that we're sitting there saying, well, you know, she didn't, she wasn't even top five PWI. Bailey was. But now Bailey doesn't have the title anymore. And the reason why Bailey was to PWI number one is because of that title. Oh, yeah. And well, the gimmick changed a bit. But, yeah, because she was champion the whole time. Right. And, and that's every, the juice was worth the squeeze. It was like, with Bailey, you wanted to see her lose that title because she held it for so long. But why wouldn't you have her lose the title at something, a meaningful event? Not a random ass middle of the road pay-per-view in the middle of the show. She drops and ends her title reign. Now what? Because, okay, let's just say Sasha moves on to Bianca. Let's just say we get there over the next three to four months. What does Bailey do? <sighs> That's tough. So tough. Um, She's stuck. That's just the fact of the matter. She can do commentary and hate on Sasha. She can try to do a bunch of other stuff, but she could pine after her title. But you have to get her into a different field of beating up on someone to kill time as well. This was just bad planning. This um, yeah, unless she wins the Rumble, and then we get the rematch at Mania. But we are like, dude, how do you... They did a hell in a cell. That's the end of the feud. Like, that's supposed to be the end of the feud. What can you do at WrestleMania that could top this? Oh, I don't know. They do a 60-minute Iron Woman match, right? They did a 30 before. Oh. I, I, don't, I don't think you give them 60 minutes. If it's two days again, yeah, you can give them 60 minutes. But it, I'm just saying, I, I think they peaked this too early. I agree. But in a vacuum, the match was incredible. Yes. In a va if I didn't watch wrestling... If I didn't watch, like, if period, if I didn't watch WWE and I walked in and somebody was like, you should watch this match, and I watched this match, I'm like, oh, this is incredible. That's how I would yeah. feel. But the fact that I know everything that went into this storyline and the history of these two, I'm like, it's like, again, it's like 
you turning on Game of Thrones and telling me, hey, you should watch The Battle of the Bastards. And I've never seen it before. And I'm like, this is amazing. Cinematography is excellent, blah, blah, blah. But if it had a shitty story attached to it, then I'd be really frustrated. I was like, well, what? <laughs> what are we doing? That's what I feel like this was. And the story wasn't shitty. To be shitty, fair, but, uh, okay. Battle of the Bastards was better than the series finale. Ba- so ba- It, it should have been the, the season finale, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it was way better in the season finale. I liked the entire season. It was way better in the season finale. I'm just saying. And it was like episode six. But it meant something, right? It kind of like the progress got us there. But then when you compare it to what else, like when you compare it to the end, you go, this should have been the finale. Like this should have been the yeah. battle at the end. Yes, Sasha yes. and Bailey should have been the battle at the end, not in the middle of a damn, what, right after the season premiere of SmackDown? What? Yes. Come on. I don't know. Fucking man. up. It was a great match. Though. Phenomenal. Great match. Can we talk about they're now like Madden curse, Drake curse. You got a friend right now because if you have a wwe chronicle that airs oh it's over before pay-per-view it's a wrap yeah it's a wrap you're losing your belt you're you're done you're the whole feud is a wrap i feel like uh nakamura had one balor had one seth rollins had one all lost their titles that yeah. night it's like the worst thing now now if they if they call me it's like hey you're gonna have a chronicle i'm like no the fuck i'm not nope. You ain't taking this title off of me. Click. <laughs> you just hang up. Like, did he just hang up on me? Yep. Blocking yeah, you on everything. Mm-mm. <laughs> you are not going to treat it like the stalker ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Nope. Hell no. Nah. way, no how I ain't picking up that phone for a chronicle. Listen, you can't even film shit for YouTube. If a camera is following me around, I am suspect at this point. I'd be like, no, I'm not losing the belt. Y'all better go follow them around. Hell no. Nah. So, yeah, that's the biggest curse in WWE now is getting a chronicle. Um, <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about this next match longer than the match was. Bobby Lashley and the Hurt Business, I predicted it on last show. I was like, yo, we only have five matches. They're going to figure out a way to throw Lashley in here. Instead of it being a tag match like I thought it would, so you get Ali actually wrestling... You know, you show someone wrestling who's pretty good at it. They say, her business, you choose one person. And then retribution, you choose one person. Her business comes out. Lashley is a person. It's like, great. We're going to get Lashley versus Ali. Lashley, or should I say MVP, decides that it's going to be Slapjack. Is that the real name? Is the name Slapjack? Uh, Yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. Slappy. Let's just go. They choose Slappy with the stupid mask is how they put it. So the one with the goofy mask. Slapjack goes in. Lashley runs him over. And then we're just left with, okay, so Lashley gets jumped. All right. I get that. Cool. Lashley's getting jumped and beat up. The Hurt Business comes out and runs Retribution right out of the ring immediately. And then Ali gets in the ring and looks like the worst chicken shit heel ever crawling out to be saved by Mia Yim, which I don't even know her slap slapjack name. Her slapjack name. <laughs> I'm going to call her Mia Yim still. So he gets saved by Mia Yim. How does this help Retribution? It doesn't. They, they might have an idea. I don't see. No, it's over. I told you it was over. 
It was over last. As soon as they got ran over by the fiend and the hurt business in the opening segment, it was over. You can't bring factions in and have them lose immediately. You can't. And that's exactly what they're doing. How are they doing this um, to benefit anybody in that group? Because I don't even know why Mia Yim's there. I ask this like every week now. She has nobody to beef with. Mercedes Martinez said, fucking them out. And she's probably going to show up back on NXT, maybe after Halloween Havoc. But Yim, she has nothing to do there at all. They put, haven't put her in a feud. They haven't done anything. So we have this match. You said, lastly, Intercontinental title against Slapjack. Why? Nobody knows. Why pick him? Nobody knows. I don't understand any of this. This was pointless. This was the countdown to burial. That's what this was. <laughs> this, the milk is expiring, right? It's, it's, you, know, you know how you smell the milk? It's like it's not gone yet. So I'm going to eat this bowl of cereal. Yeah. I'm going to eat this bowl of cereal with this milk. But I know tomorrow I can't fuck with it. That's retribution. The milk's going to expire, and they know it. And they're like, ah, we're just going to pour another bowl of cereal. And the, we got another bowl of cereal tonight. It's over for retribution. There's no, there's no way. If they come back, it would be absurd because it wouldn't make any sense. Be, because they just keep getting beat up. What's the point of them getting beat up every week? They showed up and jumped people. No, nobody knew was in the group. They revealed who they were. We all laughed. Because like, that's what happened. We all was like, oh, slapjack, slap nuts, T-bar, bunch of idiots. <laughs> and now they just lose every week. Make it make sense. I can't, man. Your milk analogy was spot on because I don't even drink the milk three days before the date. And we are at three days before the date of expiration for retribution. I'm already done. You could throw it away at this point because I'm not touching it. But they're going to milk these last three days. They are going to do it right up until Survivor Series. And that's going to be the expiration because you have the Hurt Business, which... Maybe between, I mean, no, there's four of them. So perfect number for Survivor Series. And then you're going to get, you know, Slapjack, T-Bone, Poke Chop, whatever the hell their names are. Poke Chop. And Mustafa Ali. And they're going to be a team. And it's going to be 4v4. And we're going to see a clean sweep with the Hurt Business. And MVP gets pinned all the time. And he might not even get pinned. So here's the, here's the real question. Then we can move on. I I think I ask this every week. What is the hurt business now? And I don't mean this in a derogatory way because I think they're great. But what are they? Um, I don't know. This is another case of their baby faces now. But if they faced anyone other than Retribution, they are heels. So which doesn't make great sense. It's very confusing. Yeah, to to make this even more confusing, a hurt business for versus retribution match at Survivor Series makes no sense because it's not brand versus brand. They're on the same fucking show. Yeah, but you can you can have a traditional Survivor Series match. Brand versus brand is mainly for the titles, and that makes sense. No belts involved, even though. It's weird because you take Lashley out of a champ versus champ versus champ match. Exactly. If you do that. But we'll get to that, I guess, towards the end. So, I guess, yeah, it's weird. They I got, boxed themselves in a quarter. Like, And one more thing, right? I don't understand, and we'll talk about Survivor Series, 
But I don't understand the logic of Survivor Series anymore. Because, really, I prefer these guys to never interact until, like, the week before talking shit. Instead of what they're going to do for the next four weeks is they're going to, like, be on each other's show. Like, there's no such thing as brand supremacy. Because imagine if you get traded from one team to another and then you immediately play your old team next week, those are still your homies. Right? It's not yeah, really any like true. brand supremacy. There's no real beef between these brands. It's only brand supremacy during Survivor Series. But the rest of 364 days out of the year, guys are going back and forth and they never really talk about who's the better show. Why do they only care in November? I don't know. Like it got it got annoying to kind of have uh Stephanie and I forgot who the other GM was. Was it Daniel Bryan for a second? Before he came back, Ugh. What, I don't know. When, well, there when, was two. Who cares? There was two GMs when they first split, and it got annoying. And every week it was Bob bickering back and forth, and they split the pay per views and all this stuff. But looking back, that is the way it has to be handled because at least it felt like a constant competition. Yeah. The entire year it was annoying at times, but maybe Stephanie was just annoying. Oh, Shane was the other one. I mean, they could like seriously. They could talk about being the better show without running down the other show. And then just, you know, it's like once upon a time when baseball didn't have interleague play. Yep. And these teams, they were just separate. The American League and National League was separate until the All-Star game. And then the best of the best played each other. And it felt good because you never saw, like, Pedro Martinez pitch against the National League at the time. And when Randy Johnson was on the Diamondbacks, you would get really excited because you was like, well, how's he going to do with American League hitting? That's exciting. But they like during the season, like the Yankees didn't talk shit about the, the Mets all fucking year, right? No. In, well, eh, I mean, no, only <laughs> the fans do because that's the our job. Do. My job is to say no. Raw is better than SmackDown. That's my job. But the no. wrestlers, they should just know this time is coming. And we're going to get ready to get busy at Survivor Series to prove who's the better brand. But up until that point, we don't really need to go back and forth. I don't need, like, the, the, the draft should happen, shouldn't happen this close to Survivor Series. Like, it should happen, like, immediately after WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to have call-ups and the Raw after Mania, SmackDown after Mania, that'd be the best time to have the draft. Yeah, like, I mean, the call-ups could be like a Rule 6 or some shit like that. Like, they could all be right after WrestleMania, whereas you do it, you do the season premiere and all this shit, nobody's really like, oh, man, that guy really, like Kevin Owens, like, he was just on fucking SmackDown, Raw, SmackDown, he was back and forth. He was on both shows. And The Fiend was just on Raw, like, what the fuck? I don't care. Why does he hate that brand? Now? Yeah, it's like, ooh, he hates him now. For what? There's nothing here. Yeah. Like, you don't get home field advantage in the world in WrestleMania if you win a Survivor Series. There's no stakes. Nothing. No, it makes no sense. So I agree with you there. Um, where were we at? Oh, Slapjack. Okay, we're done with that. Now, main event, Orton versus Drew Mack. Uh. It's the third Hell in a Cell match of the night. By the way, the red cell, cell is horrible. Terrible. Visually Fucks with your eyes. Yeah, like, I'm glad and I'm not telling them to be like, oh, okay, let's just make it blue and have this as like a SmackDown. No, I'm not. Don't go the opposite direction either. That fuck in my eyes as well. Just make it gray. If you want it to be, you know, I guess hellish and demonic, make it black. Anything besides red. 
and blue. Stop being corny. To the point of, at one point, Randy Orton's on top of the cell, and he has a lead pipe that's red. We get it. You're on Raw. Every weapon doesn't have to be red. Shit looked like a lightsaber. Yeah, it was like Jedi shit. Yeah, he looked like Darth Maul. Not even a good... Not even a good Darth... Not Darth Vader. Darth Maul. Like, he looked like an idiot. So, that was dumb. And to me, this should have been the opener. If we weren't going to get hijinks, shenanigans... Which is cool. I don't need shenanigans to end every, every show. I'm not saying that. But if we weren't going to get that, there's no reason Roman Reigns shouldn't have closed the show. No. Or you know what? Let Sasha close the show. Right. Give her a, a moment moment. Like, it feels like a moment at least. It's not WrestleMania, but at least you closed the pay-per-view holding the belt. Right. It made no sense to do this because I was not invested in Randy Orton winning after six months of a feud where he got his ass kicked to just win tonight. And now it's like... Okay, for what? And I his his run has been great. I don't want to take away from his run. Back further than that, him and Edge had great matches. This just went on too long for him to then just win. All right, um, man. So this was the worst cell match of the night, and clearly because the other two were there was some emotional investment. And one had an incredible work rate. Randy Orton matches. This was a Randy Orton match. Like, if you were to say, what does a Randy Orton match look like? This. Slow, plotting, occasional spots here and there. Sometimes nonsensical. This is your epitome of a Randy Orton match. But this undermines Drew's entire run as champion. I feel bad for Drew. Because it's not his fault. He didn't win the title in front of people. He carried the title with no fans. He was booked tremendous early on, but they left the fucking meat in the oven too long and he burnt it. <laughs> like it, they did, this went on too long because the moment the old fucks got involved in this, it was over. Like the moment this whole they had the match where all the the babyface legends jumped in and helped. Like you just cheapened your champion. He didn't need look. If Drew McIntyre needs Ric Flair's help to win anything, that's not a babyface anymore. And if Ric Flair's not hitting you in the nuts, nobody cares. And you had to do all of this, and then Randy Orton, in order to get back at Drew, beats up the old people. Now the beef, this is the sign that the beef has gone on too long. You're just pulling at fucking straws here to try to make this shit continue. So you do this match, and it ends up not being a Drew McIntyre match. It ends up being a Randy Orton type of match. To the point where... It's stupid, and then in order to prove this a Hell in a Cell match, they have to get out of the cell and climb up the cage real quick. Because it was like such a short segment of them climbing up the cage, just so Drew, who looked petrified as he was climbing up the cage. I don't know if anybody... I'd be scared, too. I'd be scared to death. If, if somebody said, hey, Dre, um, can you climb up this cage... And then appear on the other side, and then you fall to your near death on the other side. No thanks. But this is what Drew had to do. But he looked like he didn't want to do this. And then they did it. And then the match continued for 10 minutes more after that. And then it ends with a Miss Claymore kick into an RKO. Now, question. 
Did Drew McIntyre eat an F5 at WrestleMania? Oh, yeah. Several, right? Clean. Easy. Like, it was nothing. And he kicked out, was, right? Like, it was brunch. He kicked out, right? Yep. How many RKOs did Randy hit on this night? One. Mm. That's all it took. The better way to finish this is an RKO and then a punt kicker, too. Drew has been booked super strong to kick out of virtually anything. Remember, Drew, after this, after he beat Lesnar, he wrestled Big Show for no fucking reason, which makes it even more bizarre that Big Show was on his side. But then he, he beats Big Show, and then he has that feud with Bobby Lashley, which was not bad. Then he has a feud with Dolph Ziggler, where he's kicking out at one, and then he kips up and he, he kills him with a claymore. Then they enter this feud with... Randy Orton. And at first, we're like, this is really good because Randy Orton's cutting these great promos. And then these matches happen. We're like, all right, well, it's kind of back to the same old Randy. But then Randy hits a single RKO to get rid of the champ who has been holding on to the title, who effectively squashed Brock Lesnar. This is bad storytelling, people. Drew <laughs> deserves better than this. He does, to me, again, Hell in a Cells and feuds. You can't keep going. No, it's over. It's a wrap. It's over. And I, I don't mean a tough way to go. I don't mean it's, it's over. It's tough. I don't mean it's over for Drew, but I don't know how Drew gets back to the title picture after this. I think it's like he's kind of done. I it feels like in a weird way they he what's he gonna do? Feud with the fiend? Is that what's next for him? Because I can't figure out where he goes from here. Uh, that's not a good feud because then you got to take an L again. Right. So I don't know where he you got to build up the Fiend to a new audience. I can't. Yeah. I, I feel like this is all a circular way to get the title back on the Fiend in some strange way. What? what? I'm just, just, I don't know, man. I just, it, this is. Babyface Fiend versus Orient? Possibly. Listen, I, I'm going to tell you this. I've seen, I've seen Bray Wyatt versus Orient at Mania. I do not need to see it again. No, nobody needs to see it again. But it feels like a circus. I'm scarred. Because, there's, dude, there's no way Orton holds on to this belt for past Royal Rumble. I don't see it. But you know, you know now that you mention it, what's the Fiend's gimmick? Revenge. His gimmick is revenge and righting wrongs that were done to him. Who did a wrong to him? Come on, man. I won't, let's not talk about Randall this. Randall Orton. You... You are sure. I'm, I'm just. I think you're on to something. I, I, I think Babyface Fiend. Yes. With Alexa Bliss. He can RKO Alexa. The Fiend gets extra pissed. I feel like you could drag this out. This is happening at the Royal Rumble. God, I think you're right. Like, Randy's not having the title after the Royal Rumble. I'm telling you that right now. Oh, no, that's not true. If Edge comes back and he's in the Royal Rumble, Randy's definitely having Ooh. it. Ooh. Randy versus Edge for the title at WrestleMania? No, at Mania. no, yep. no, no, no. Yep. That's not happening. Edge could win the title at Mania. No, yep. it's not happening. He could. Here's why. Here, here's the real reason why. Not just I would like to see Keith Lee versus Randy, by the way, because Keith Lee got over clean on him. So if you're going to give Randy a feud between now and Rumble, let it be Keith Lee. I don't even care if he wins. At least let it be him. Well, I was going to say that myself. I was like, this makes perfect sense for Keith Lee to jump in and be like, hey, I beat you, fucker. Give me a title shot. That makes sense. Yeah. But the reason why Edge can't go at Mania is the moment that Edge comes back, he's on the countdown clock of getting injured again. So you can't even really run that risk long term. You'd have to really keep Edge away. And we already did this one time at Mania. 
Nobody wants that again. Especially not for the title. No, nah, nobody wants so, it. <laughs> so I'm telling you right now. I but it, it's it's unfinished business, and I think Vince will think it's going to sell. Th- and it would sell. They'll do it at some other fuckface pay-per-view. They won't do no, it at Mania. No. They won't do this, do shit, this shit at Mania. You hope they won't do it at Mania. You they won't. They, they won't. Would. They won't do this match again at Mania. They, they they don't do. How many times have you seen the same match booked again back to back years outside of Cena and, and uh, The Rock? I was about to say Cena Rock. Cena Rock and then the Undertaker, Shawn Michaels. But those make like those made sense. They were like retirement matches. Nobody want because yeah. nobody liked Orton Edge at WrestleMania. Nobody. No, but they liked the actual wrestling match they had. Yes, the greatest wrestling the match ever. Yeah, so how do you top that? You top it by making the stakes bigger at Mania. It's in the cards. You Dog. know it. You can see no, it. No, it's not he happening. Can come back. All right. It's not happening. That probably makes the most sense in terms of Randy being champion. Ch- Randy's not going next to next to the Fiend. That makes Randy's sense. not holding the title past Royal Rumble. This is the epitome of like transitional champ. Because he'll have it because he's a name, but he's not having it long. The maybe and I mean they're clearly this doesn't even make sense. Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns in Survivor Series doesn't even make fucking sense. Oh, I don't mind that match. Oh, I do. because um, I, I don't care about it. There's what do I care? They're both heels. Yeah, I don't. It's fucking Roman Reigns. Like Roman. Just wrecking another person is great. Roman versus uh, Drew would have made sense because Drew is the ultimate babyface and he's the undefeated guy and he nobody pinned him. That made sense. Not Randy yeah. Orton. Yeah, I don't know. It, it puts him in a weird spot. You're right, but <sighs> Randy would make great sense if Biggie was on Raw. I don't want to ever the see that. The entire match. New Day moved over. I, I don't want to see Biggie. Well, Biggie could beat Randy. Yeah, but you I, know at. And mania for the title, and it'd be fine. Like, but the match wouldn't be harder. Be Roman Reigns. The match probably wouldn't be good. And Randy's been having good matches. Has he? That's, that's not fair. Was this he match good? Been. Outside of this one, it was. Was the ambulance match good? It was good before the shenanigans. It was good. It was decent before the shenanigans. Look, Randy. What was their first match? Their first match was really good. The first match was solid. The best match Randy had was against Edge. SummerSlam? Yeah, but that, that match was okay. Remember, because it ended on a roll-up. It wasn't that great. The feud, the idea of the match was better than the match itself. Randy's good at selling feuds until they get stale like this one. But the match itself? Yeah, I mean, eh. it's kind of the writer's job to not make it get stale. Yeah, it is, um, but it went too long. Yeah, they, they fail at their job often. So... I'll give you that. But I think there's something there. Maybe the edge feud is what they're going towards. I mean, they just got to hope. In my opinion. They got to wait for him to come back. I just don't. I don't yeah, see Randy. wait for him to be healthy. Like, if Randy were to wrestle edge again at Mania, it wouldn't be for the title. I do not see them keeping the title on Randall Keith Orton from October to March. I don't you see underestimate. It. I've seen them put the belt on. Ooh. The Rock randomly for a few. That's the Rock. Cena, when that that was unnecessary. I mean, last year was it last year? I mean, they put that shit on Goldberg. I understand. Like these are larger than life veterans. Yeah, but Randy Orton's one of those guys. No, he's not. Like, you're, Randy, Randy Orton's not a normal guy. It was his fourteenth time. Exactly. It means he's lost fourteen other times. You can never really remember a long term Randy Orton run. You want to know why? Because every time they put the belt on Randy. About 60 days into it, they was like, this was a bad idea. 
every single time. Go back. Do you remember a long Randy Orton title run? No. You don't because they don't happen. And he's better as the person chasing, right? Like, he's the apex predator for him. I mean, he, but he hasn't. He's made to chase and hunt people. Yeah, but it, it never works out. Like, every time they put the title on Randy Orton, uh, it's, I guarantee you, 60 days into it, you're like, this kind of sucks. It happens oh, every yeah. time. Again, yeah, he's, he's really made to chase people. It's not made to be chased. So I agree with that. It could be short. I feel like if you put the belt on him, though, it's so you can get the edge feud at some point. Hopefully not. We'll see which direction that one goes. Let's hit our last break. When we come back, we're going to have a little fun with this. We are going to say what we think should happen at Survivor Series in four weeks instead of being disappointed by what actually happened. So you guys stay right there. We'll be right back after the break. We'll get right back to the show in a second. But first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we are back. It's the final stretch, and we're just going to have a little fun, close up the show. doesn't have to be long. We're not going to hold you guys for, you know, too long. Three shows this week. So this is a pro wrestling. Make sure you guys check out MMA and boxing as well this week. But to wrap it up, Dre, I wanted us to fantasy book Survivor Series. And we don't have to say, okay, this is what's going to happen. We're taking this point of view of this is what we think makes the most sense. You have to stay within the parameters of the brands. All right? That's that's our only handcuffs here. We can't go off the wall. But you have four weeks to logically book something here, Dre. Who should be in the IC North American Universe or United States Championship match picture? Those three spots. Would you keep the champions the same? No. No, absolutely not. I The visual of... Uh Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn versus I guess I guess you would do the North American title Damian Priest. Damian Priest isn't yeah. really appealing to me. Like that match, really? yeah. I look at it and I'm just like, eh. Like I don't know. Like I have to say, I would like Lashley to lose that title. If I don't want him to lose the title, to be honest with you. But if there had to be a three way with those with those type of champions involved. Priest and Zayn make sense. I would like somebody like AJ Styles in that match. Somebody like that. It doesn't even have to be AJ. Because it feels like the, that. Like I'd like to see Damian Priest and AJ work. We've already seen Sammy and AJ. That would be AJ. good. Um, but I want Sammy in there. And I, I guess it would have to be AJ. Ugh, I can't. Because we've already seen it. I can't think of somebody else that would just fit. That I'd be cool with. Yeah. My answer... 
again, I'm keeping Sami Zayn because Sami Zayn is Sami Zayn. I like Damian Priest. See how he does on big stage. My answer for the third is the one I've been pushing to win North American title here for like two months, and that's Keith Lee. Hmm. I think Keith Lee beating Lashley and being Keith Lee, Damian Priest, Sami Zayn gives one hell of a match. We've already seen Keith Lee and Damian Priest, so. I'm I'm not going to be tired of seeing that, especially on a main roster platform. Oh, I am. And I think Sami Zayn adds, adds a nice little bit to that match. Maybe. I mean, ultimately. Instead of Dijak. You know, honestly, if like, like as much as I love Sami Zayn, Honestly, a guy who I'd like to see in this position, and I'd be totally fine with him running against Bobby Lassie and Damian Priest, would be fucking Cesaro. Okay. Not mad at that either. That guy, look. Cesaro makes everything better. He, he does, man. Like, just put Cesaro in a, a spot to shine, please. Like, he deserves it, but he won't get it. Yep. Uh, but, no, he won't. Not in four weeks. So, again, we got to keep it to the parameters of four weeks. Now we have tag triple threat, which they might not give a fuck about the tag, but we do. So, right now it is Street Profits versus New Day versus Lorkin and Birch. (laughs) (laughs) This is ridiculous. I mean, this would be fine if it was the Undisputed Era. That's what I'm saying. Throw them in. We, We both agree there. Then that's one hell of a match. Yes, that's excellent. But lonely, mm-mm. Birch and Lord, mm-mm. nope, nope. I'm cool, but yeah, that's the way you got to do it. You got to do, and it has to be the Red Dragon version of the Undisputed Era. It has to be fishing in O'Reilly. Ooh, okay. I that's tough. So you want the OG Red oh, Dragon yeah. era? Oh yeah, with Street Profits and New Day. Oh yeah. Definitely. I'll give you that. That's one hell of a match. So I, I think we would agree that should be the tag team triple threat. But I think Undisputed Era might have been in it last year. But right now, I mean, you put them in every year because that's all NXT has. Yeah. So I like that. Women's triple threat. We have <sighs> Asuka, Sasha Banks, Io Shirai. I mean, I'm not touching a thing. No. This no. This match, as long as it stays the same, is going to blow the fucking roof off of whatever fake arena they're running. Yeah. And even though we've seen Sasha and Asuka, it doesn't really change things. Um I'd be I've, I'm fine as long as it's a thr- triple threat. If they just do Sasha and Asuka again, I'm like, why? You have to throw no. Io Shirai in that match. You absolutely have to. Yeah. I if even though I've seen Sasha and Asuka, and I'm not really mad at them doing it again, I just kind of wish Bianca was in that match. I just like to watch it work. But it is what it is. I'm not mad at this match. Yeah, I think that's probably the best match that's realistically going to happen. My fear is that they give them 10 minutes. Yeah. Because they're assholes. <laughs> but if they give them 15, we're good money. 15 and 20, tear the house down. Yeah. Then we have the main titles, heavyweight titles. So Universal, WWE Championship, NXT Championship. We have what now Randy Orton, Roman Reigns, Finn Balor, 
which is on medical leave mm-hmm. due to a broken jaw. Which that would be a good, actually a really good match for Finn because people know him, and it, it's easy to fit him back into the main roster picture, and uh, he'd get a you know good like oh Finn's home for a second. Don't know if he's gonna be healthy by then. Could be. That would be a good look. If not, just those two, Orton versus uh, Roman Reigns, which I'm still okay with. No, I'm not. I, w- I wouldn't change that yet. It would have been better with Drew Mack. You're right. It would have been better. You know who would be even better in that match? Keith Lee. It's real early for Keith Lee to be champ. I'm just I'm talking about the match type because okay. Keith and Roman had their interaction at the last Survivor Series. And, they did. That's full circle. Yeah, and you bring it back, and like you could even you could put Balor in it. I don't care, but Keith Lee and Roman Reigns, I'm here for that. Just a match. I, I don't care because none of these have titles on the line. So who gives a shit? Keith Lee versus Roman yeah, Reigns, no. give it to me. Big man bumping me. No, that's that's a hell of a match. You're right. Fuck it. Randy Orton can drop the belt in two weeks if it don't matter to me. But who I don't want to see in the match is Miz. Hmm. Miz can't cash in yet. He might cash in and survive the Rome, That I'm okay with. You have a crazy triple threat where everyone's spent and then Miz cashes in and you have no clue he's cashing in on. Yeah. Because all the champions are in the ring. Yeah. So you have Miz running around like, who the fuck do I pin? What belt do I want? That'd be a pretty good theater. Miz with the briefcase is still useless, but it doesn't make any sense. Very. But it, yeah, I get what you're saying. But... I think that's a good way to work that out. And then the two SummerSlam, excuse me, Survivor Series style matches, 4v4. I would go, and I put two because I don't want, like triple threats, 4v4, because that shit gets weird, right? But if we can do interbrand with these, or you can do straight brand straight up, I, I think Raw realistically is going to go her business versus um, whatever the hell that is, Retribution. So it might be SmackDown versus NXT straight up. But I would go Undisputed Era. They're not in the tag joint. Give me Undisputed Era versus her business. If Undisputed Era is in the tag, like we put them, you give me Imperium versus her business. In one of the Survivor Series matches. I'm cool with that. But I mean, you know, I take a triple threat. And I take a triple threat with the Hurt Business. Undisputed Era. Uh, See, I have to break the rules. (laughs) I'm breaking the rules and I don't give a shit. Hurt Business, Undisputed Era, and The New Day with Keith Lee. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good match. Yeah, no, that's role breaking. If we're going triple threat, and I got to add a SmackDown team, give me the Samoan SWAT team 2.0 with for the night Samoa Joe. Okay, hurt business. Undisputed Era, not in Undisputed Area, Imperium. Yeah, well, I mean, Roman Squad, just, they just run them over. But. Over the Hurt Business? Yeah. Roman versus Lashley right now is, is a good is a good look. Roman, Lashley, Walter in the ring? It, I mean, it's great. Shit, but shit. Roman, I mean, Roman Squad with the Usos and Samoa Joe? Like, 
go Samoa Joe go like not hurt <laughs> not commentary Samoa Joe the guy who used to mur- no. dude I just watched Impact the other night in oh, oh, Turning Point 2009 fuck man there was a time where Samoa Joe was like the best wrestler on the planet to me I miss <laughs> that guy god he was murdering people him and Angle oh my god it's also why they're both injured Constantly, yeah, they now. just murdered each other. They they gave their all they really during did. that period of time. They really did. So if you put so. that version of Samoa Joe with Roman Reigns and the Usos, the her business get yep. killed. Cedric Cedric show. dies immediately. He gets muscle bustered, speared. <laughs> he gets the fuck up out of here. Shelton okay, too. The Usos get eliminated. Shelton, listen, MVP Shelton Cedric might be the first three eliminated, and you got Lashley Dolo. Yeah, he gets he gets mopped too. Not no, he doesn't get mopped, Imperium but he's gonna lose. Starts, and then Imperium starts getting roofed real quick. They're out of here, except for Walter. And then then it gets interesting. Then you get Walter maybe eliminating one Uso, Lashley the other Uso. Then you get Samoa Joe, and Reigns last two. Samoa Joe just got to get out of there. Maybe they win together. They do. And they win with two two survivors and not a sole survivor. But that's one hell of a match. It is. I really hate that Joe's, they, like his best years weren't in the WWE. Well, because it would have never happened. Cause they, would, they, they wouldn't have used them right. Yeah, yeah. they would have never used them right. But it would be fun to see that version of Joe sit at the top of the company. and just Because he, yep. he was just too fucking good. Too good. I'm, I'm now at the point where I appreciate that he had enough juice to give us a good NXT run. Yeah. And we got a taste. We got a taste of exactly what he could do. I'm just ha- all around. I'm happy he got a check. That's this is seriously how I feel. Like Joe's done so much great work in Ring of Honor and Impact and TNA that him coming to the WWE is the paycheck that he deserves. He's never he was never gonna get a run. He had those you know, few runs where he was in those monster matches for the title uh, with Braun and like that was cool. But he's hurt. He can't go like he used to. I'm happy he's getting a check and he's doing commentary. I'm happy for Samoa Joe. And he could do commentary for the next 15 years. He's for good him. at it. Joe's good. He's great at everything. Yep. So, no, I agree. Samoa Joe is great. That is our show for today, Pro Wrestling. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. Immediate reaction to WWE Hell in a Cell. We gave you guys a nice little teaser for Survivor Series. Make sure you guys also check out our MMA episode recapping UFC and the retirement of Habib and also our boxing episode later in the week where we talk about a packed boxing weekend coming up including the pay-per-view for Gervonta Davis against Leo Santa Cruz so a busy week in combat sports we appreciate you guys sticking it through with us make sure you guys follow us on social media at corner podcast underscore at corner club for life on Instagram shout out to the sponsors shout out to Blue Wire the network as always, you can follow me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hell on all platforms. Until next time, though, we're out. Peace. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's Power Cash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.